hello. Welcome back to The Current. I'm your host, Nadia Last. Today, we're going to be talking about manifesting generators. Manifesting generators are a type of generator in human design, but they deserve their entire dedicated episode because their energy is so nuanced and unique. And I have to say, I learned so much from this episode. I learned so much from my collaborator, Sam Fotenhauer's energy. She's a manifesting generator. She's sharing about her personal experiences. And if you've listened up to this part of my intro and you're like, what the heck is human design? I would encourage you to go back and listen from the start of the series. Start with our What is Human Design episode a few episodes back and listen to each of the other episodes just to contextualize what the other energy types are. So we have a deep dive on projectors where I share my experience. We have a deep dive on generators of which manifesting generators is a type of generator. So I would highly encourage you to go back to listen to that if you're an MG. We also do a deep dive on manifestors where Sam and I bring our mutual friend on and she's a manifester. And she's the one that actually introduced Sam and I and kind of kicked off our collaboration, which is really cool. And just dive into it. Whether you're an MG or not, we are so glad that you're here for this episode. We think that everybody can learn so much by studying human design and studying all the different energy types and how they're meant to work together. But before we get into that, I just want to name and acknowledge that as I'm recording this, we're in the week between Christmas and New Year's. And whether or not you celebrate Christmas, this time of year is often laden with a lot of emotions and a lot of stuff. And it's usually a bit of a dead time where a lot of people, though not all, of course, many people are not working or there's a bit of a pause near the end of the year during this holiday season. And there is a lot that's moving collectively. I think there's a lot of fear and anxiety regarding COVID and the rise of Omicron and There's just a lot going on right now, and I just want to name that this is also a beautiful time of year to observe all of the different things that are coming up, especially as we get together with family members and use it as a mirror to go inward. And it's also a beautiful time of year to reflect on what 2021 meant for you and then also what it is that you are cultivating and really leaning into and bringing forward with you in 2022. Said differently, this is a moment in time where you can reflect and say, what was this year for me? What am I proud of? What was challenging? What are the things that I'm leaving behind as I step through the threshold into 2022? This might feel like a New Year's unlike those, in previous years might feel a little bit energetically sticky or different and I just want to say if that's you I feel you I see you I am you this time is it's hard for a lot of reasons and I think that I'll probably record a separate podcast episode just about my experiences when I went home for the holidays being with family members feeling as though I regressed in a lot of ways feeling like a much smaller version of myself And I just want to share some practices and learnings that I gleaned from that experience. Just sharing the real real because I think that media portrays the holiday season being full of love and light and happiness and it can make us feel a lot of shame if we're feeling something different than that. Especially if we're incredibly empathic and sensitive to the environment that we're in or the energies that we're around. And I just wanted to acknowledge and help you breathe through 
the reality that this time of year can be hard and I'm sending you a lot of love. So without further ado, let's get into this Manifesting Generator episode. Hello and welcome back to Sam and I's Human Design Series, where we are unpacking each of the energetic archetypes or the energy types in human design. And Sam, I'm so excited to talk about this today because I have learned so much. I've been doing readings for over a year and a half, and I learned so much about being a manifesting generator, putting together this outline with you, and learning from your experience as a manifesting generator. Thank you, Nadia. I am so happy to be here. And um, for anyone who doesn't know, I am a 4-1 emotional manifesting generator. So we'll be able to kind of draw on my individual experience. And, you know, a lot of people talk about generators and manifesting generators as the same type. And there's good reason for that. That's kind of a more traditional take. But to me and my experience, they feel different. They feel very different Um, and they deserve their own episode and their own attention because they function a little bit differently than generators. And I have to say, when we were putting together a separate episode for this, I was a little intimidated. I was like, will we have enough material to put together an entire podcast episode talking about the differences? And I've been humbled through this process. Like there is so much nuance in the subtle differences in the energies. And I think that people listening are going to receive so much from understanding the differences today. Yeah, I hope so. And for anyone listening out there, you know, first off, manifesting generators are 33% of the population. So one in three folks are manifesting generator. Um, If you're an MG, and you listen, this supports you, let us know, post it on your Instagram story, send it to a friend, send us a DM alerting us that you listened and tell us what resonates. It's so awesome to hear from you and to hear your reflections and any feedback that you have. And you know, even if you aren't a manifesting generator, you 100% know one. You might live with one, you might be related to one, you will probably work with one. So learning about manifesting generators, learning how they're similar to you, how they're different than you, how you can support them is really valuable. I feel like so much, you know, the f- number one thing human design has allowed me to do is reconnect with myself and like understand myself and give myself permission. But secondly is to empathize and understand and accept other people at a different level. And so that's certainly one of the um, benefits of listening to other energy types beside yourself. Absolutely. I've learned so much about how Sam works, about how so many people in my life work, and I'm excited to get into it. So Sam, at a very high level, how would you describe what a manifesting generator is? A manifesting generator, we're the multi-passionate doers and creators. We are very non-linear in our thinking. So manifesting generators are very competent. They have a lot of energy to put towards the things that they're excited about. They're viewed as very competent. That's what I mean by that. And because they can do so much, they can get things done really quickly. We have certainly a spontaneous um, part of us. We move very quickly with the things that we're interested in. And when we're excited about something similar to generators, when it brings us satisfaction, we create more energy. So we have like, this level of energy and enthusiasm that can inspire others and can power up projects. We are part of, you know, a force that can get things done. 
but we change our minds a lot more quickly. Um, our path is not meant to be ordinary or linear. I think we'll talk about this a lot, but the best example is my current career situation where I spent half my time in healing arts through Wild River with human design and coaching and energy medicine. And then the other half the time as a environmental regulatory and strategic consulting drawing on my legal background. And as an MG, it's very correct to do both. Um, or it could be correct to, you know, really engage in a maybe a career as an accountant and then pivot and open a Pilates studio. And then 10 years later, decide I'm going to go to chef school and then become a fantastic chef and not really know how it all fits together. And then sometime it does and sometimes it doesn't, but it's all part of kind of your unique journey. It always surprises me, Sam, when you switch into lawyer mode, because Sam and I will be going back and forth about human design stuff or healing stuff. And then all of a sudden she'll switch into lawyer mode and it like shakes me to my core because I it feels like you're kind of like a superhero and it's like you, <laughs> you keep your lawyer costume like in your room in your closet and like nobody knows it exists and all of a sudden you put it on and you're this lawyer superhero and I love learning from empowered manifesting generator energy because you burn bright, you burn hot. And when you are switching gears, it's like, it's not that you're a different person. It's just that you have so many multi passions that fit so seamlessly together. And it's, it's wild to me. So how I describe manifesting generator energy, it's like you are a unique spice blend and you have each of the different sort of separate parts of what really makes you excited and aligned. And a manifesting generator has these different kind of islands in their life. And I always think of Inside Out, where um, in Inside Out, the Pixar movie, I think Riley is the main character's name. She basically has these different islands in her life. So there's Hockey Island and Family Island and Silliness Island. And in the movie, I don't want to give too much away, one of the islands goes down. And because of that, basically everything starts to shut down. And that's what I think of when I think of manifesting generator energy. Y'all need your different islands. Y'all need your different lanes of things that you're interested in. And they do not need to make sense. But when you have all these different passions in your life and you're able to move between them as your energy is shifting and evolving, it gives you energy to do other things. I thought that there was something wrong with me because, you know, in career cultures, it's like niche down, become an expert in something. Or even just, look, I went to law school and then I started practicing law and I was like, no, I mean, there are parts of this that are pretty cool, but like, am I supposed to do this forever? Like what? (laughs) And it was like, um, yeah, that's why you went to law school and that's why you took the New York and California bars because you're going to do this for the rest of your career. And it made me feel like, okay, I need to change a part of myself. The idea that I would consider a different career, especially only, I'm only nearly five years out of law school and I'm still very new. The idea that I already switched, that made me feel flaky. That made me feel like I wasn't, um, I didn't make a sound decision in choosing that path, even though at the time it felt very aligned. And at the time it was something really exciting. And that was when I first learned about human design three years ago, that was what was so exciting for me about it was that it gave me this permission of there's nothing wrong with you because you're interested in two different things. There's nothing wrong with you because you've never seen a model of a lawyer who also has a second career that's very different. That doesn't mean I can't exist. And that doesn't mean, or let's say I totally pivoted away from the law. That would could be correct for me too. 
that doesn't mean you can't be successful. And just because you don't see how like the path will lay out in front of you doesn't mean the path doesn't exist. That's so beautiful. And what I always tell manifesting generators is that as you're learning about this energy, that you are not meant to choose, that you are meant to bop in between different things, that your path is not meant to be linear. You'll come back to some things and dismiss other things entirely. It gets us to this sort of core manifesting generator wounding that a lot of manifesting generators, when they were going through elementary and middle school, they felt like something was deeply wrong with them because they would start a hobby or an extracurricular activity and then ditch it a few months later. And our society conditions us to pick one thing and stick with it. Like Sam, you were alluding to, like this niche down, like choose one thing forever. And to tell a manifesting generator, you have to choose one thing for the rest of your life and that's it. Like that would literally make your life force energy die. And I'm looking at Sam's face as I'm saying this, like what happens in your body when I say that to you, Sam? Oh, it's like, it just feels tragic. Like, why would we do that to ourselves? Why? That seems like, like that's so mean and unnecessary, but it's true. But I mean, I was very engaged in those one topics for a long time myself. So I I get it. I see how it happens, but it's, it's not supportive and it's confusing, I think, for other people who just see like, but you really like soccer. So why don't you just play a bunch of soccer? If you want to move up in the world of soccer, you need to play on a school team and a club team and maybe do have a second trainer or something. And it feels like, well, if you really love something, people often come to good places, like go all in, go 100% and dive deeply into it. And in doing that, you miss out on something where as an MG, you might be like, okay, maybe I won't reach a level of mastery in the same timeline, but what can you gain from bringing all these different skill sets to the table? And I think if you're listening to this right now and you haven't listened to our generator episode, we would encourage you to pause this episode, go back and listen to the generator episode and then come here. But the foundation of the generator archetype is that If you love what you're doing, you're able to engage with it for long hours at a time, long seasons at a time. You kind of have one tap open in your life at a time that you really want to dive into and achieve mastery. The difference between that and manifesting generator energy is that manifesting generators want to have maybe three to five tabs open at once in their life. And it's not that they can't work for long creative stretches because they still have this sacral life force energy, this motor engaged, but it's that you will receive more energy as you kind of put one thing away and pick up something else. So an analogy I always use with MGs is that you likely have a stack of five books sitting on your bedside table. And whenever I say this, there's this moment of recognition where a manifesting generator is like, I feel seen. And you have these five books on your bedside table because every night you're meant to kind of look over at the bedside table and figure out what do I have energy to read tonight? And you'll kind of bop around between the books. You'll likely never finish a book and that's okay because you can sense energetically, I've received the message here and it's time to move on. Sam, I'm curious if you can talk to us about kind of like a week in the life through the lens of how you receive more energy as you allow yourself to move in between different activities. Ooh, I love this question. Okay. So, hmm. well, I think as an MG, it's really important for me. So let's let's talk a little bit more just, you know, even if you haven't listened to that Generator episode and it, it's a long episode, let me just give you a few highlights. So 
as a manifesting generator, like a generator. So a manifesting generator is a type of a generator, but it also borrows a little bit from the manifestor type, which you should also go back and listen to. I think an MG can benefit from both of those. Um, But like a a generator, you have this really powerful motor. It sits in your gut. We call it a sacral. And to know if you're excited about – to know if you should commit to something, whether like – kind of make any decision, um, say yes, say no, you need to first check in with your gut and see if your gut has responded to that thing. You can't just really come up with it in your head. Like ideas kind of need to come your way by the universe. Maybe um, your friend Nadia will send you an idea and you'll be able to literally respond to it. But sometimes it's like you're walking on the street and you see something in the in a window or you open a book and you see an idea and you'll feel this kind of like gut reaction, this gut response to it. And that's a sign that that's what you, that's a sign that like this is something that you have the energy for. And when you'll do it, you'll kind of generate more energy. You'll, you'll fall into satisfaction versus if you kind of try to initiate on your own and you never had that feeling or you, you didn't have that excitement level, but your mind told you you should do it, you'll likely end up in this kind of feeling of frustration where you feel uninspired. Well, we'll kind of dive a little more into this, but I always think about those things when I'm thinking about my week as a manifesting generator. So my week will look like okay, maybe I go to bed one night and I wake and I can be like, my body really wants to move. And so I'll go on my mind body app and I have a few different studios in Burlington. I'll kind of just feel into what do I feel like doing? Do I want to go to a really slow hot yoga class? I've been liking hot spaces, hot yoga. Do I want to go into Pilates? Do I want to go into cycle? I don't do one exercise. I can't. I've tried. I've tried to sign up for one studio or one sort of offering and I just, I won't. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't last. It lasts literally two weeks. And then I'm like, okay, this is enough. And so I'll feel into it. And then um, same with when I eat, I'll kind of just pay attention to what I see online or in the grocery store. And I'll just look and be like, does this feel good? Do I want this? So, right. I got an inspiration from somebody's Instagram story about doing a ton of juicing and like raw vegetable soups for breakfast and lunch and eating fruit. So that's what I bought this week. And sometimes it totally changes. Sometimes it'll totally go to another direction. But I kind of responded to that. And then um, Nadia invited me into this podcast series or responded, like kind of sent this my way. And I said, absolutely. So now I'm going to work on my podcast in the morning and I'm going to produce the episode. And then I, um, a colleague from the a law firm I used to practice at about a year and a half ago introduced me to somebody who then invited me to work for their company part-time. And so then I'll do environmental legal work. That is something there, this is probably where I'll say it can get a little bit like, it can sometimes be hard to switch between the two, um, it usually feels organic, but if, for example, I have two deadlines for two competing different things, then I have like, then I'm going to do both. And if I didn't kind of allow, if it didn't flow naturally, but for most of my work, it's pretty flexible. So I usually just kind of feel into it. Like, when do I feel like doing that? And it comes naturally. I will feel like doing, I really feel like doing environmental work for the next three days. So I'll probably put a lot of energy into it and then won't for three or four days and probably something else will step in. Hmm. 
So I love so much of what you just shared, Sam, because it's so practical of what it looks like in the day to day. But back to the book analogy, it's like if Sam is really into a book for like four nights in a row and she's like really going into it, it's not that she's forgotten about the rest of the books. It's not that she won't come back to the rest of the books or maybe she won't, but it's all about trusting where your energy is present in each and every moment. And what you were saying, Sam, about every single thing that came into your field, you magnetically pulled into your aura. All of those opportunities came to you and you felt this kind of ignition in your body that signaled, oh, I have energy for this. I'm excited about this. And for those listening, how this works energetically is that the manifesting generator aura or the way that their energy extends beyond their body is literally enveloping and magnetic. It's like this warm, buzzing energy that people can't get enough of. And you grow in magnetism as you feed your gut, literally feeding it and also through the things that you do, the things that are really exciting. So Sam might choose to do this sort of like juice cleanse thing, which by the way, sounds incredible. These cold soups that you're making. And it seems like a kind of minute thing that she's like, I trusted that my gut really wanted this thing. But as she does it, she basically grows how magnetic she is. And as she moves through the world, she'll get invitations from me to do this podcast series or somebody in the grocery store or whatever it is. And that is how your life, that's how you interact with the world around you, is giving yourself permission to change and move toward the things in your path that are exciting you. And this is, you know, I'm going to give an example of what initiating feels like because it's really easy to fall into it. So right now I recently got engaged and I'm starting to look at planning my wedding. And I really, I want to find a venue. I want to find a venue that really feels like us. Both my partner and I are fairly non-traditional and we're looking at either New Orleans or Phoenix, but I would love to get married outside and Phoenix has much more reliable weather. That's where I grew up. I really want to find one. So I keep finding myself just bare, like just searching online and like trying to force myself into finding it, um, finding things, like digging through everything. And in some ways it's like, okay, you knew you wanted to get married. So now you're looking, but I can feel this like push within me that feels unnatural. It's like, I am trying to make something come to me so then I can initiate it rather than probably a more supportive thing in my human design. I'm a four line. I Most things come through friends. It would go on social media and ask, hey, does anyone have any favorite venues in Arizona? Or kind of put the word out and let some ideas come to me, not digging deep on these random wedding blogs and like trying to find something and then kind of like going down the rabbit hole. Um, sometimes, you know, initiating with response can get tricky. Other times, like I would say, look, if you know you want to plan, go do a search and see what your body responds to. Sometimes that's like we have to use Google. But I really find like the best things that have come to me have not come from me trying to force searching it. It's come from me making myself available, knowing like I am responding to being asked to get married and responding to the concept of of planning a wedding so I can kind of move forward with that a little bit. But then putting it out there and letting opportunities and ideas come to me. Yes. And what Sam's talking about is the manifesting generator strategy. In human design literature, every energy type has a strategy or basically a doctrine for how they should interact with the world and how things come to them and how, how things move through them. And the strategy as a manifesting generator is to respond. So if you're an MG, everything in life comes to you 
and it comes to you in ways that are very surprising, but you are responding to everything in your life. So even as Sam is sort of initiating finding a wedding venue and looking at these wedding blogs, she is still responding to the things that are on the page. And she's looking for things that are sort of coming to her. And it's funny, Sam, because I feel like that's also part of your first line, which is the investigator as well. Mm -hmm. So there's such a push-pull, but this should be an empowering thing. If you're a manifesting generator listening to this, it's not meant to be passive. It's not meant to be disempowering, like you just have to wait by idly twiddling your thumbs for things to respond to. It is that you are, it should be, it should feel like a sigh of relief. You don't need to go out and make anything happen in your life things that are meant for you will come to you. And while you're sort of waiting for things to come into your field, just do the things in front of you that feel most exciting. Yes. And I think that's so important. I think a big question that we get a lot is, what if you aren't getting anything to respond to? That's when you usually turn to like, okay, I'm just going to, especially me as a one line, this investigator's loving of research, I am always searching and like trying to find it myself. And I have this kind of internalized, like if I, I need to make it happen. Um, and my suggestion is if you aren't getting anything to respond to is to make space. Maybe if it's with your friend group or you want to do something more socially, plan some weekends where you don't have any activities planned and allow things to come to you. Allow yourself to be kind of taken by something. Now, that's very scary. And even just having for some people, not having plans for a weekend sounds scary because what if nothing comes? But that's something where you start to experiment. I'd experimented enough to trust my aura will magnetize the right things and I will have something to respond to. I think it's really beautiful and you touch on a, a big manifesting generator insecurity where it's this mental anxiety of if I create space in my life to allow the right things and opportunities to flow to me, will they come? So thanks for bringing that in, Sam. Yeah. Let's talk about the holy pause. So I bring this up a lot with MGs and it, and it feels like a very important point that the way that manifesting generator energy works, I kind of almost envision it like a bit of a Tasmanian devil, Sam, and I'm not sure if you resonate with this, but it's like, it's kind of like a tornado energy. And that sounds more chaotic than it is. It's more that as you're moving, like you move more quickly than other types, uh, mm -hmm. than generators in particular, and absolutely than projectors and reflectors. But when you're excited about things, things move very quickly. And so as you're responding to something, if you're excited, your entire body is going to kind of light up and it's going to be very quick for you to sort of move toward it immediately. So what's really important for manifesting generators is to take a deep breath, take a holy pause and literally envision before you say yes to that thing, envision doing it, envision in your body what it would feel like. And that will allow you to create even more space in your life, not to just say yes immediately to the things that are flowing through, but to instead know and check in full-heartedly if that thing is correct for you. Does that resonate with you, Sam? It does resonate, but I'm also an emotional authority. So I have to have a holy pause. Like I always have to take a pause because otherwise I can't tell the difference between am I on emotional high or am I just really excited about something. Um, and so for anybody out there who doesn't know what we're talking about, after energy type the next most important thing is your authority. It's how you make decisions. And there's a bunch of them. Um, I can't remember how many. It's like somewhere around like eight. And 
we will probably go into those at some point on this podcast so you can learn about that. But for any manifesting generators, you have one of two authorities. You either have an emotional authority, which at its very base level says, look, you have a lot of emotions within you that can kind of make it difficult to always tell, like, is this a sacral or am I just feeling something else? So take your time. Patience, clarity, excuse me, clarity comes in time. Patience is your best friend. So always sleep on it if you can. Even seemingly small decisions like a purchase that is, you know, like a relatively small amount for you, if you can sleep on it. Um, If you can, if a friend invites you to dinner, if you can sleep on it, like if it doesn't have to be right there, I think if you do have to act on it, then yes, the holy pause is really valuable. For the other half of people who have a sacral, this holy pause is everything because you are designed to respond and to move quickly. And to first just take a deep breath and kind of feel it into your body and see is there sometimes that level of excitement can hijack your ability to think about anything. Sometimes I like want to make decisions before considering, like want to make decisions about trips before even like checking in with my fiance to be like, do you like should I do you want to come or like do I should I like not go to this or like these decisions that are um usually maybe people in your life want to be included or you I need to think about like my cat like if I said yes to this who would take care of my cat for four days and I just will jump all in without that thought that pause can help ground you absolutely so just to recap manifesting generators they have this magnetic aura they're pulling all these different things into their field when they're doing what they love they can switch gears very quickly their path is not meant to be linear and if they are not careful they can commit to things that are not correct for them so they need to just check in for a moment and for emotional beings even longer than a moment just to feel into their body if this is correct for them sam can we talk about just the name manifesting generator and how it's kind of a mix of manifester and generator. What is what does that mean to you? Yes. So, you know, as Nadia said, it is a mix of manifesting generator. An MG, well, that's what I'll that's what I often call it. Some people call it a Manny Gen, are a subtype of generators. And that's because so much of their aura and how they respond, their strategy, um, their signature of when they're in alignment, which is satisfaction, their not self of frustration, is the same as generators. So most of what we just said about waiting to respond, waiting till something comes into your field and saying yes to it, um, waiting till you have this like body response, which can feel like this buzziness or this excitement or just a knowing or a magnetic pull the knowing that, okay, if I say yes to the right things, I'm going to feel the sense of satisfaction. And if I say no, I'm going to feel frustration. All of those are similar to the generator type. This is where I would recommend somebody to go back and listen to the generator episode because we won't go into the details of waiting to respond and what does a sacral feel like at as much of detail as in this episode. Um, But Everything about an MG is that. And then they also have this manifestor side of them, which we'll get into in a moment. But before we move on to that, Nadia, is there any part about the generator experience that we just really want to touch on? I think it's important for people to just recognize that when you are feeling this buzzy energy, if you're listening right now and you're like, I don't know if I resonate as an MG or a generator with having this buzzing energy, it's important for you to know it is there within you and you might have to look back at much earlier years to remember the time where you lo- lost track of 
time and space when you were working on something that felt exciting to you. If you don't feel, if you feel kind of like your life force is deadened in this season of life, it's okay. It's more a sign from the universe that you're meant to sort of switch up what you're doing and go back as far as you need to, to remember a time when you felt excited. I think that's so right. Go back to it and think broadly about it. Like think about when a friend invited you to a party that you're really excited about and you're you're kind of had this like automatic knowing of like I'm 100% yes going to go to that. Like I'm so excited and you're kind of just pulled and drawn to it. It feels different than maybe another friend that invited you to something that you thought sounded kind of lame and you're like, I don't know, maybe if I'm free, I'll go. One of the things I want to just kind of hammer home is – the signs that you're not in alignment. And what Nadia said, if you feel like your life force energy is dead, that's a big sign. In human design, the word that we use for when you're not in alignment is called your not self. You'll hear it kind of scattered in all the episodes. And the not self for both generators and manifesting generators is frustration. This is earlier I used the phrase, it feels like you're moving through mud. Everything will feel hard. It'll feel like you want to bang your head on the table. That's one characteristic of frustration. But another one that you know, really resonated with me at one point was I just feel lack of inspiration. I feel flat all the time. And as a sacral being, you should have moments where you are excited or like there is a knowing in you. You don't need to be lit up 100% of the time. I think that's a myth in manifesting generators and generators. You don't. The way that you know in your alignment is satisfaction. It's this level of contentment and fulfillment that you feel in your body. It's this knowing of like, I've put in my energy and I feel really good about what I did with that, but you should be feeling points of inspiration and they should be happening relatively frequently. If you can't remember the last time in a specific channel of your life, whether it's in your romantic partnership, your friendship, your work, your hobbies, whatever it is that you aren't feeling inspired, that you feel flat and kind of just dead inside – that is a huge red flag. That is not the way you're designed to feel. And there is work out there. I'm speaking to work because that's what what made me feel dead to me. There is work out there that will make you feel alive. I think so much about an MG experience is just feeling alive in the world. Yes. What makes you feel connected to your body? Where it's, I'm, there's a part of me as a non-sacral being, meaning I don't have consistent access to the sacral life-giving motor, that's a little bit jealous of this, that this is never something that I'll know what this feels like in this lifetime, in this embodiment. But basically, if you're an MG or a generator, ask yourself, what in my life is life-giving? Like as I'm doing it, I'm so connected to my body. There's kind of like this buzzing or this high where it feels as though I'm getting more energy in my body as I'm doing that thing. I was just talking to my partner's sister last night and she's a poet and she lives in Denver. And she was saying, you know, I didn't recognize this until I was listening to the generator episode. And she's like, I know what this feels like because it's these long stretches of time for three or four hours at a time where I like, I lose track of what time it is and I'm fully in the creative flow of whatever it is that I'm creating. It might be yard work that you did last weekend where you looked up at the clock and it was three hours later than you actually thought that it was or a conversation with a friend. So it really can be different pockets of your life. But I love that you said work, Sam, because manifesting generators and generators are here to find work that is deeply meaningful and satisfying to them. Yes. And and if you are someone in your life who's like, look, maybe I don't 
work in kind of a traditional way. Maybe you are a caregiver and you stay at home, or um, or you or you don't do that either, and and you other you're supported by others in your life. Think broadly about that too. Like, yes, we are designed to love what we work, but it's also about what we output. We're designed to output and do things and create and build. And are you feeling satisfied by that in your life? I think that is kind of the number one question to come back to as an MG is just do I, how does it, when I think back of my life and I think about what I do, how does that feel? Yes. And one thing that wants to be said right now is that this can also be parenting or caretaking. And that that is work as well. And actually, the sacral motor or the thing that's powering up all of this energy when you're correctly engaged in a task is it's also sexual energy and it's the energy to procreate. So it's creative energy to create a project or work on something creative, but it's also energy to create a family if that's correct for you in this lifetime and to care for people. So that felt important to say as well, that there are many different lanes that this energy can output in. Yes. So yes, I think that is great, Nadia. Just to clarify, so I think a better another way to say is work, whether and regardless of how you're compensated for that work, whether you are Absolutely. salaried, whether you're um, whether you're have an exchange in another way, because a lot of things that we do are work, um, particularly in the home or caregiving, but you aren't receiving a salary for that. Yes, which we could have a whole episode about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, how do we feel about that? Are we ready to move on to the manifester side? So let's do it. MGs are generators, but they have this manifester quality to them. So if you haven't yet listened to the manifester episode, one, go back. It's such a good episode. But two, it, I'll just give you a little bit of a high level. So manifestor energy, they're here to initiate. They're here to get the ball rolling. They have this kind of urges inside them where they have this like big like pulse of energy and it'll draw them to do something. They have this ability to kind of have an idea or sense of inspiration totally organically within them and then act on it and take it to 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 the world. Nadia gives this amazing example about like the manifestors are here to start the fires, but they're not necessarily here to initiate them. Excuse me. They're not necessarily here to um to tend to tend them. To them. And, and Nadia, do you have anything to add about just kind of like general overviews? Yes. Of all the types, manifestors don't need to wait for anything. So all of the other types need to wait for something to happen. They need to be engaged in some way in order to use their gifts. Manifestors have a direct line of communication to divine inspiration, and they are receiving the ignition day in and day out. They are here to be the ignition of humanity's engine. And so the manifesting generators and generators are often initiated by manifestor energy and manifestor ideas and ideations. Manifestors are meant to start the car, but they are not meant to drive the car for long hours in the way that sacral beings, beings that have this sort of gut-based motor are meant to. Yes, exactly. So if you, for me, I really related to the manifestor energy type. And I just want to say up front, some people in the human design world will say, look, manifesting generators are generators. They're all kind of the same aura. They all operate the same in the world. The only manifestor part of them means that they move a little bit quickly and they'll skip some steps. And some people really relate to that and that's okay. I I disagree based on my own experience. And so we're kind of presenting this, this viewpoint of it, which is also shared by a lot of people in the human design community, which is that 
generators really are a little bit of a blend. Yes, excuse me, manifesting generators really are a little bit of a blend. Yes, MGs do, of course, share so much with generators, with their aura, with the way they operate, but they also have this manifestor energy that makes them different. And so how do mannies, how do MGs, I keep mixing up the words and I will try to correct (laughs) it, but I'm sorry if that gets a little bit confusing. So how do MGs borrow this? Well, their sacral still trumps. So you always have to wait to respond. But once a manifesting generator sees something that they're like, okay, I've I'm able, I have this something to respond to. It can even just be a little thing. They can move into action very, very quickly and they can turn that idea they responded to into reality faster. They can turn it usually faster than a generator and they are often skipping steps. They often move really quickly. This is why MGs have all these different lanes of interest because they are in one and then they move so quickly that they're like, okay, I'm complete with this. And now I'm going to pivot into something else where other people might spend 50 years in this career. Five feels good for me. I've gotten what I needed into it and I'm ready to pivot. Yes. I have an example from a good friend who's a manifesting generator. And about two years ago, I engaged her and I was like, it would be really amazing if you started a podcast. Little did I know that that idea was actually meant for me. But she took this idea. She responded to it. She created the podcast. She literally created an entire podcast. She interviewed like 15 different people and she never published it. She's actually like started and never published probably three or four businesses. And she's on her fifth iteration and she's about to launch her business. But that is manifesting generator energy. It's receiving an idea or something to respond to, taking that idea and completely running with it in a specific direction. It's generators are more responding to an idea off the shelf and taking it and moving with it. Whereas manifesting generators see something and add to it. So that's where sort of this manifestor energy comes into play because there is some visioning involved. And even Sam working with you, I'll present an idea to you and I know that it's never going to end up in its original form by the time that you add to it because it's it's very creative. It's a very collaborative process. So I give you something to respond to just to start your flame and then you're flame on and you're like, okay, great. I have these 10 different ideas. This is what I want to do. And then to just add this further complexity, Sam, as she was talking about, is an emotional being. So we will wait out her emotional wave to see if she really still feels like doing that idea in its form a few weeks later. I can't. I think one example for this for me is my trip ideas, or even we can talk about my my wedding ideas. I have cycled through so many wedding ideas that have gotten pretty evolved, like 1960s themed, going with a full <laughs> T length dress, and then turning into like psychedelic 1960s at the later or glamping themed wedding or like an adventure outdoor. And I don't just mean like I have this idea. I like have it. I research it. I come up with sites. I price it out. I think through who could be the different coordinators for this. Like it goes pretty far. And what my mom always says to my siblings or and Chapman says like, just let her do it. Like, don't tell her like, okay, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know how everyone's going to feel about camping for your wedding or whatever. Just let her run with it because she probably will cycle through it. And if it is something that we, you really want to do, then we'll talk about it then. But if people around me got so attached to every single idea that I had, it would probably be frustrating for me. And I could see how they would almost want to like dampen it where sometimes it's just like, let this, this big creative energy flow 
let it move through a million ideas. Mom said she's like, she'll have a million ideas. Some of them will feel really out there. Let her go and then she'll land and it'll feel right and it'll feel like her and it'll feel like something that it just makes sense. But it takes going through all those different prototypes for. And I've gotten really comfortable with that because some people will be like, well, isn't that a waste? Like you've spent all this time. And Nadia and I have cycled through a number of different ideas and it's like, wow, we've spent a lot of time. But it's all a part of this process of building the thing that we want. And to me, that feels very MG. Yes, it's so MG. And I'm getting this visual of this Tasmanian devil like moving in concentric circles and that it's literally the circular energy where it's like you go out into an eccentric idea and then come back in. And then you go out into another eccentric idea and go back in and it won't make sense. The path will not make sense to anyone else. And it will look very chaotic. Like your process is very creative and yet there will be a through line, but you won't know what that through line is until you're looking in the rear view mirror once you've settled on the thing. And I think that it's such a unique energy and it's so different because manifestor energy is much more direct. It is, this is the idea and we're going for it. Generator energy is also more direct. This is the idea that I'm responding to and I'm sort of moving toward it in a linear way. Whereas manifesting generator is, let me kind of like quickly cycle through things and each new iteration, I will get a new breath of inspiration and I, I like something that I'm feeling inspired by. And it will end up coalescing in something that's so uniquely a mix of all of those things that nobody would have been able to fathom before I cycled through all the ideas. In even my wedding concept, I have learned something from each of my little things. And by the way, I've only been engaged for three weeks, so I've gone through a lot of cycles. OMG! In this time. But I've learned some different inspiration and ideas and playfulness of like, wow, this is – when I think about this concept – the camping concept. What I really want from there is a sense of community. So maybe I can create that in a more accessible location. And from this, I, what I really want is the idea, the freedom to wear whatever I want. And that's why I'm c- considering a costume wedding. So like I can just pull that part out of it. And it takes sometimes the whole buy-in to be able to really zoom in. And for me as an emotional authority, the key here is I don't move forward with any of these. I wait. I wait. And that is what allows me to feel grounded. For sacral beings, that's where that sacred pause comes in. Because if you're like me, whatever you're planning, whatever you're thinking, you have all these ideas. I have I have had so many ideas. And everyone close to me knows that. And sometimes I'll get really excited about them and I'll text like nine people about – like I'll text like everybody and be like, listen to this great idea. And then I just have to wait. And often I won't it won't be what I what I'm doing is not that initial idea because over that time in the groundedness I see different things than I do in that moment. So that's where that sacred pause comes in. That's where it's like don't jump all in without taking that deep breath and feeling grounded because while the sacral sh- is energizing, you should feel grounded in the way you're making decisions. Yes, and I would say advice for a manifesting generator is create space around your ideas where you say this is what I'm feeling really excited about right now, but give me permission to change my mind. And if you're supporting a manifesting generator in your life, I love that your partner Chapman guides people in your life to just like allow you to get excited about things. Give your manifesting generator permission to change their mind. Give them space to get excited about things and sort of like let the idea evolve over time. 
Yes, that is so important. I think that if I felt this pressure of like, if I share this idea, I have to run with it, it would really dampen my creative flow because I have a million ideas. I'm so excited about them. I want to share that excitement, but I don't want to be held to it because it will change and it'll evolve. And so I just need that space to be held for that excitement because at that moment, I often think it is the idea. Like I usually don't realize that it's not until I've had time that's passed. And that's why it's so important don't, you know, to not be condescending or to not put down this seemingly potentially eccentric idea. Not every MG is eccentric, but I think it, you know, I think there are, there's a lot of creative flow in there um, to allow it to come through. Nadia, yeah. how about we talk a little bit about kind of specific, like the different parts of manifestor energy and how they might relate to an MG or not? Awesome. So the initiation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So as we were talking about before, manifestors are here to get things started. They, they just initiate and activate everything within their path. There is no way that a manifestor walks into a room without everybody feeling some sort of impact, like, oh shit, things are about to be shook up in a substantial way. And so that really relates to the manifesting generator energy in that manifesting generators, they don't have the same way that they energetically impact people, but once they get going there, things are going to move, things are going to happen. Yes. So, so with the initiation, one of something that manifesting generators and generators have to get comfortable with is they are not here just to initiate. They are not here, even though they have that many energy. So they'll have this kind of almost pulse inside of them to do that. That's not what their role is. They need to wait till they respond first. It doesn't mean that you can't ever initiate. And and this is something that I, you know, this is one of the things that some people will disagree with in human design, but feels really true to me is that I can make things happen and it can go quickly, but I first need that response. I'm going to give another example. When I was in my first year of law school in New Orleans, I really wanted to spend the summer in Denver. I really am from the Southwest and I wanted to consider practicing out there. And so I applied to a bunch of judges and a bunch of different things and it was just crickets. And it was totally me just trying to make it happen on my own, Googling what are jobs for first year law students because first year law students aren't super attractive hires because they don't know very much. So usually you wait till your second year to have different opportunities at law firms and stuff. And nothing happened. It was totally silent. And then I was sitting at a um, at a event that I was volunteering at, an environmental law event. And this man comes up and he is using the table that I'm sitting, sitting at to fill out his form. He's a speaker at this event. And on it, he writes that he's in Denver. And it gave me this whole like body, like – this Denver. And I, at this point, I kind of given up on the idea because it was already three or four months later and it was kind of late. And I just said like, oh, you're in Denver. And he was like, yeah, I work at this environmental nonprofit Defenders of Wildlife in Denver. And they had this whole body reaction and said, oh, well, I, I would love to work in Denver. Um, I introduced myself and I said, hey, I'll, I'll find you later. And then later that day, I found him at the cocktail hour and I told him that I would really love to work there. And can he give me an internship? And he said, sure. And I got to spend that summer in Denver. It was epic and super fun. But it was, it felt this like something had to come in first. Something had to come in. I had to feel it and check in. I couldn't force, it feels strategic and smart to be in Denver because you think you'd want to live there. It had to come into my field, feel it in my body. And then from there, the energy just flowed so much more seamlessly. That's a beautiful example, Sam. And I think that if you're a manifesting generator listening, 
Don't feel disempowered that you have to wait for things to respond to. Know that there's something that, um, there's something around surrender and divine timing that as you wait for things to respond to, then you'll know, wow, the divine pathway is opening for me to move in a more efficient way, for me to burn less fuel getting there because the timing is lining up. And then while you're waiting for the correct thing to come in, do the things that are making you really excited that you have directly in front of you. Yeah. You create, you know, like I couldn't know that I was going to be there, but I knew I loved environmental law. So I volunteered at this thing and I was available for it. And I kind of just put my energy into these things that brought me joy. Because if I were to, for if I were to get the jobs that I was applying to, they wouldn't have worked out as well as this one. This one really helped me understand what I wanted to do. It gave me all these flexibilities. I met people through, through there, but you don't know what you don't know. So that attraction mechanism that you have, be open-minded to there's something mystical there. There's something selective and it's bringing in the opportunities that are in better alignment than what your mind could dream up from your limited knowledge of where you are at that moment. Absolutely. And I think that that's another way in which the not self theme can show up or the sign that you're not in alignment as an MG is this frustration. If you are feeling frustrated that things aren't moving and flowing as seamlessly in your life, It might not be that it's not the right thing. It might be that it's just not the right time and that you tried to initiate it faster than it's meant to happen. And I'm curious, Sam, if we can talk also about the blend of being a manifesting generator, that you'll feel the frustration of being a generator. And sometimes you'll feel the anger of being a manifester. Can you talk about how that's shown up in your life? Yes. So as Nadia said, the not self for manifestor is anger. And I think a lot of this way, this anger or like almost like but your blood is boiling type of rage comes up for when a manifester um, doesn't get to do what it wants. It's like doesn't get to do the plan that it put in place, that they are being disrupted, their peace, their independence, their sovereignty is being disrupted. And for me, that's a big part of where I I really resonate with their anger. That's something that I resonate for with a lot. And I've noticed a lot of clients will too, because on um, the chart that I have through Genetic Matrix, it shows the not self as frustration slash anger. And I often talk about frustration because that's the dominant, but a lot of clients will say, can you tell me about that anger? And they'll tell me, I really, really resonate with it. I really relate to it. The way it comes through for me is when I something I had planned on or something that I wanted to happen didn't happen the way I thought it would and my like sovereignty or independence was limited in that way. Um, I keep coming back to this example and it makes me sound kind of like a crazy person, but it's really this the best one is this curtain thing that keeps coming up. Me and my partner kept fighting out I kept fighting him about curtains, but it it felt like I couldn't control the space that I wanted to because he didn't want me to get these curtains for his office. And I couldn't have that autonomy. Um, or actually another example that maybe is a little bit easier to get into is when I make plans and then the plans shift. So a few Christmases ago, my family went to Chile for the holiday. We went to Patagonia, went to um, Colchagua, north of Santiago, and it, or south of Santiago. I'm sorry, I can't remember. And it was this beautiful trip. And I had planned this really elaborate, beautiful Christmas dinner at this gorgeous winery. And I had organized everything and I had emailed everybody ahead of time. It was like my job to plan that 
event and my younger sister wasn't getting ready on time and we were supposed to leave in 13 minutes and she kept doing these showing me these YouTube videos with sit-ups and push-ups and she still had to shower and we had to leave in 13 minutes and it was just like this rage of I planned this event Everything was organized and we are going to be very late because of you, because you are deciding to do something different and that is impacting my experience. It wasn't frustration. It was just anger. And that is a theme that I have a lot. I don't experience anger a lot, but it always comes up with like when I have kind of autonomy over something and someone is threatening my experience because we were all driving together. I couldn't just like, this was before Uber and we're in Chile. I couldn't just take an Uber we were all together. So this one person is changing my entire experience that I had. And it feels like I get like hot and I get almost, it almost like disassociates me a little bit. Like I can't fathom how you could behave like this. And it's not a big deal. Like we were fine. Everyone's like, whatever, we'll be 15 minutes late. Like it's okay. But it just like took over my whole body. And I think if you're a manifesting generator listening, how you can locate this within your body, it's like the feeling that you get when you had a vision of how something was going to go. When you responded to something, you got very excited about it. You added your unique MG flair to an idea and you had sort of planned something out and you knew like the path was cleared and then somebody steps in your way. Somebody tries to thwart your plans. Somebody like just (laughs) unknowingly gets in your way. Yeah, I think that's totally right. And so as an MG, yes, frustration is your not self, but so is anger. Like that is a side that you're out of alignment, that you re- need to reconnect with center. And that's something where I would say, you know, it's an opportunity to connect with the manifester strategy of inform, but it looks different or the reason why you do is different. For a manifester, if you listen to that episode, you'll hear about how inform helps you kind of like clear the – or it helps the kind of manifester energy, which is really impactful and powerful for people to understand it and feel a part of it. Where here, it – your aura is very warm. People will understand, but you may just need – to inform people why this is so important to you, that it's really important that you're on time. And this was a really special event and you really don't want to miss the table and not be able to participate or it's going to, it just makes you feel non-respected, disrespected or whatever it is. Like whether we want to use human design language or not, but I find that a lot of the times when I find myself in anger, I really just needed to invite people in on my vision. I really wanted to do this event tonight because I had this vision that we would go and we'd really get this time together and we'd connect with them. And it brings you into why this is important to me rather than assuming that everyone knows your vision because they don't, because your vision is probably unique and it's unique to you. Absolutely. Which gets us to a really important point about being a manifesting generator. The path that you're on has likely never been done before because you are going to draw from such unique and eccentric passions and interests. And you're going to look at who out there in the world has bridged these two worlds before. Who out there has done this and this? Who else out there is an environmental lawyer and a healer in the healing arts like Sam? And the answer is that you are likely blazing a new path. And it can be a wound where an MG is like, is this right? Like, is it okay to put these seemingly opposing things together? And the answer is yes, because everything is related and we need more people who are basically holistic in their approach to things, who are drawing from 
you know, this different school of thought over here and this school of thought. I think an, an example in my life, I'm not an MG, but I'm, you know, uh, trying to become a therapist. I'm in school to become a therapist and I'm really interested in human design. Those worlds aren't bridged very often, but MGs will be able to sort of draw from different seemingly opposite things and bring them together in a way that really brings incredible value. And so if you're an MG and you're saying, I'm looking for a mentor, I'm looking for someone who is a few steps ahead on their path, just remember that their path is still going to be different than yours. You are here to create something that's never been done before. It's a very age of Aquarius energy. And trust yourself. Trust where energy is flowing in your life. And it doesn't have to make sense to other people. I think especially as we're spending more time around family members in the holiday season or just throughout the year, family members are inevitably going to ask you, like, what are you doing? And you're going to try to explain, well, I'm doing this, a little bit of this thing and a little bit of this thing. And it's okay if it doesn't make sense to other people. It doesn't need to. It will only make sense to you as you're looking back. But the universe is moving through you and inspiring you to pull together seemingly opposite things. I think that's so beautifully said, Nadia, trust your organic spark. Like you have no idea where th how things will relate and they don't have to ever come together in a perfect way, but trust that they nourish you. Like they might, they might come together in a perfect way and maybe there'll be a world where I am so, my work is equal, like truly integrated in equal parts healing and, um, and environmental like law or legal work. Or they both nourish different sides of me. And if I did all of one, it wouldn't feel complete. So you never know where you're going. My favorite influencer, Tinks, um, I love her. She's also a TikToker. She loved writing. And she used to – she gives the advice, if you love writing, want to become a better writer, write 20 – minutes no matter what every day. And she was like, for years, I would write these stories about this like archetype that she talks about, rich moms, and these different like kind of just stories of these different characters in her life. And she had no idea what ever go. And it felt like such a waste of time. And now that's what she's famous for. She's famous for these like rich mom stories. And she has 1.5 million followers on TikTok. And she's on red carpets and everything blew up in the last year. And she's like, my last 10 years, I just devoted to what I liked. She's a manifester. Um, I just kind of spent my time following the energy I liked and I didn't know where it was going to go. And I think it's a, such a cool example of you have no idea the next path. You have no idea where you're going, but you can follow your organic spark and you can trust that the things that are bringing me joy in my life are for me and that they're nourishing and that I get to love my life. And even if I don't know how this fits into a 10 or 20 year vision, I, if I love what I'm doing right now, then that is powerful. Yes. One of my favorite quotes in the world is if there is a path, it is someone else's path and you are not on the adventure by author Joseph Campbell. And I think it's meant for manifesting generators, like be on your adventure. And it will feel like an adventure when you're in alignment because there's this spark that's with you and there's this kind of anticipation and this excitement. And another quote actually that you shared with me from your mom, do you want to share it, <laughs> Sam? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. Well, she said, innovation occurs when two unrelated things are combined. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that's true. Jody always my mom Jody always says that she's the best. She's a 46 blending projector. And I remember my older sister was in college and was like, "But I love anthropology and economics." And she was like, "Do it. 
that innovation comes when two different two unrelated things get combined. She always encouraged us follow what you love, and you never know how it's going to relate. And even if it never does totally swirl together, it'd be really cool if some of these things do. And I think that's the role of a lot of MGs. You love it. And that's enough because even you doing it gives other people permission to follow what they love. We are so attached to, I can't make a change until I see where I'm going. And to me, it's really the wrong way to look at things. It's a very linear way because you and your position right now are not in the best viewpoint to see all the options available. If you are practicing at a traditional law firm or a marketing company, you're probably seeing a lot of lawyers or people in marketing, I'm speaking to Nadia as my background, who continued on that path. You probably aren't introduced to a lot of people who have taken those roles and gone in totally different directions because how would you ever meet them? And so you, this idea of like, I need to see somebody else do this first to know that it's true, just is very limiting. Um, Instead, feel into like, does this feel true to me? Does this feel good to me? Can I support, like, do I feel generative in doing this? There is always that insecurity of like, maybe no one's doing this because it won't work. Maybe people have tried. And yes, that's true. Um, Maybe it won't work, but maybe it was just, First off, no one's ever tried. The circumstances in the world are different than they ever were before. Or it wasn't you who was trying to bring them together and you bring a secret sauce to it. And when you're waiting for something to work, to be worth your time, you're off track as an MG. You should follow literally what is just lighting your fire in that moment. That's all you need to know. Because if it doesn't work, it will then light the next fire or the next fire or the next fire, which I think is really important to say as well. Sam, can we talk about some challenges of being a manifesting generator? Yeah. So one of the challenges is that you feel like you need to do everything on your own. Um, You are like, I know how to do this. I feel competent. I am really fast and I don't know how to delegate it. I don't know how to delegate it in a way that will keep up, even sometimes with my changing perspective. Um, And it just – you're so used to being able to get things done quickly on your own that you've never really learned that. So that is a difficult process. Like really, I think one of the best things to think about delegating is really feel into it and what are the things that you – that deplete your energy. Ideally, when an MG – I think this is a big difference between like a sacral being and a non-sacral being. When, for instance, Nadia and I – be on this podcast and I'll probably end this podcast and have more energy than when I started. Or Nadia will probably end this podcast having less. Um, Not that it's like draining in a bad way, but she put her finite energy to it. I get more. So when you're thinking about delegation, think about the things that are draining you that you don't end up with more and really see like, okay, how can I maybe trust somebody else or be willing to work on that process together? Yes. Just because I can move quickly toward this thing and I know how to take the most efficient path there doesn't mean I need to do it all on my own. I think that's really, really a beautiful point. Another core wound or a challenge of being a manifesting generator is feeling like you're too out there or eccentric, feeling like nobody would ever get how these all of these things are interrelated. Sam, does this resonate with you? 
Yes. And I think a big thing that resonates that I you, I never thought of before until you just said this, feeling like no one would get it. I think I tend to underestimate the certain people in my life where it's like, okay, well, in this legal space, no one will get this holistic stuff. And on this holistic stuff, no one will get this other side. And if it makes sense to you, it'll make sense to other people. So one, you are not too much. You're not eccentric. Um, you bring color to life and that's beautiful. But also if you feel like other people won't get it, maybe try them. Like in a place where you don't feel like if they don't get it, it won't be devastating to you and you feel a bit confident in yourself, give people an opportunity to surprise you and maybe they'll be able mm -hmm. to meet you where you are and um, and maybe it'll expand their thinking or they'll expand yours, but you would never know because you just kind of made an assumption about where they are. Totally. Don't be closed off because you're meant to be enveloping and magnetic and you're meant to draw people in. And don't wait for people to get you. If you get it, if it feels energetic to you, even if it doesn't actually make sense to you, if you are feeling energized by it, that's all you need to know. And I just had a light bulb moment as you were speaking, Sam, that I think that a very unique role that manifesting generators play is bringing people who would never be interested in um, whatever it is that you're excited about into it because you're also interested in what they're interested in. It's like this. I actually think that there's something so beautiful about where you're placed as an MG in your life that you, Sam, know all these people from the corporate world and from the law spaces and your family members, and that you are likely the singular bridge into the healing spaces that they never would have walked because you can walk both lanes. Like you have one foot in the law world and so you can talk their language and then one foot in this healing space and you can speak that language and that MGs are likely the only people or of few people in our society that are able to connect the dots. 100%. I have introduced so many people to these different threads or interests, even ones that I'm like, I'm not super, well, now I've gotten more into tarot, but at the time, like, I'm not super into tarot or I, I like Kundalini, but I don't super practice it. But like, I think you will really well, or I think this person will. And then all of a sudden they go down that path. And I think that's a role. I can totally play. And at the beginning of my human design reading, so many of my first clients were people who are like, I don't really know what this is. And honestly, I don't super care, but you're so excited about it that I just want to engage with it because I'm, I, cause you're like beaming. It's not so much what you're doing. It's the energy that you're bringing. Yes. Yes. Which I think is such a beautiful thing. Okay. Another thing, another sort of challenge of being a manifesting generator is feeling like, oh my God, I'm moving so fast and I'm skipping steps and now I need to go back and redo them. What would you say to this wounding, Sam? I would say, um, well, one that, that's true, that happens and it's a challenge. You will skip steps and sometimes you will need to go back and redo them. <laughs> and I would say this is where that sacred pause is really helpful. So if you're skipping steps, make sure that you're doing it because it feels right to you and it feels grounded rather than my energy is so chaotic. And I'm this, I sometimes I get this feeling inside of me where I'm like, I am so excited about this. And I just want to like catch that excitement and take it as far as it can take me. And I'll know, particularly with human design language, that that's not correct for me. That this feeling, it, it, that this excitement is chaotic. And it's like, I want it so bad. I never want it to go. So I just want to go as deep as I can into it and learn everything that I can and like totally submerge myself in this excitement and create this whole thing right now, this moment, because I don't want it to go away. Knowing it will and that when it goes away, it'll give me a little bit of clarity. So if you're thinking about skipping steps, you're going really fast, just really tap in. Do I feel 
grounded in this. And I think, look, I just don't need to do that thing that everyone thinks I do. And that feels true versus I'm so excited. I'm just going to go for it. And it's coming from a chaotic place. And then when you inevitably occasionally do have to go back, go back with grace. Be like, okay, I've learned something. This step turns out is important. Some people maybe knew what they were talking about when they said this. I'm going to learn from this, but it's not going to stop me from moving fast in the future. Yes. Move fast and furiously if it feels grounded, which I think brings us to the next challenge of being a manifesting generator. The shame when you leave something behind and feeling like, oh my God, I'm leaving this behind. What's wrong with me? Why couldn't I just stick with it? I'm a quitter. I I can never stick with anything. And it actually brings up an example that I have working with an MG client. And she will likely listen to this episode. So if you're listening, you know who you are, that we were working together and it kind of... it was initially one-on-one sessions and it just kind of naturally progressed into human design mentorship because this woman was so interested in human design and bringing human design to her community. And I remember she got pregnant during our time together and she felt all this shame. She was like, I'm not as interested in human design right now. What's wrong with me? I want, I know that I have this vision for what I want to be doing in, in my community and bringing this really important information there. What's wrong with me? And we had to work through this MG shame. I'm like, you know, that you'll come back to it if it's meant to you, meant for you. And you don't need to work linearly against this one passion for the next six months to prove to yourself that you're interested in it. If the interest is meant for you, it will come back. And sure enough, on the other end of her pregnancy, she's like, I'm really excited about human design again. And I think that a really important message that I want MGs to come away from is allow seeds in your life to be planted And then allow those shoots to grow and then you can return to them when the timing is right. So it's it's like we are very conditioned in our society that when you're excited about something, you work at it just, you know, your brow is furrowed and you're working against it the entire time. Manifesting generators will start a little fire and then go off into a completely different direction. Maybe come back to it five years later and then it's like a completely different time where the fire will take off. Does that make sense, Sam? Yeah, and I think you you really support me in that a lot because I go through this. I do this with human design of like I'm not super – this isn't inspiring me right now or I don't want to learn about this. This happened over the summer and I was like maybe I'm done forever and I remember being like maybe or maybe you'll just come back to it. And I came back hot. I came back super hot and dove the deepest I ever have into it and put the most into it because – my energy flowed away and then it came back. I think this challenge is really, really, really important. Um, it's this fear of, for me of being flaky. So one of them is like, okay, is it okay to change my mind? Am I, am I not going to be successful if I step away? So that's one aspect of this. The other aspect in that answer is it'll – Trust where you're going. Like you'll stay here and you'll just be frustrated and you won't want to be here anyway. So trust this new thing that you're being drawn to. But the second aspect of it is feeling flaky. A feeling like I – so we haven't talked about this yet, but manifesting generators, like you may commit to something, a trip, and then you don't want to go anymore because your energy changed. So for MGs, I would say even though you'll have this sacral response, it does change quickly. So you may have a sacral yes in that moment. And my invitation is practice saying, hey, this sounds really fun. Um, I might come. I'll let you know when it's closer to the extent you can. Like to the extent your friend's party is like 
do you really need to know 100%? That person might want to know that they may really want you there, but get to be like the surprise if you show up. We talked about, we were talking about this in some of the other episodes too. Like, give yourself that flexibility because you will change. And so that's a big fear though. A lot of manifesting generators, I know generators experiences too will commit and then it push comes to shove and they don't want to go anymore. And when you're excited, you're on and you're so sta- you're so sustaining. But if you don't want to be there, like you don't need to be. And also other people will probably know a little bit that you don't want to be there. And so you don't need to feel bad about changing your mind. The right people will understand that and respect you and not judge you for it. Absolutely. Sam, can we segue into some lifestyle tips for manifesting generators? I would love to. Awesome. Okay. So let's start first with kind of the ideal workspace. So manifesting generators, again, the creative process is, it can be a little messy. It can be a little bit all over the place. It can be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And so I often tell MGs, is there a space in your home or in wherever you're working or even just your desk or wherever workspace you have that you can have a bunch of different creative projects out that you get to never put away? Like nobody, (laughs) when you're done with something, you get to keep it out so that you're continuously responding to each of your different creative outlets. And so you're moving within this room or within your desk and saying, okay, I'm interested in this for a few hours. And then I'm allowing this other lane of my work to engage me to re- so I can respond to it when my energy is ready to move into that thing. I love that idea of always keeping things out. So I don't, I have that partly. I look into my, I'm looking around my office where I'm recording this right now and I have this big, beautiful desk that has a ton of space on it for work. And I always have usually like PDFs of regulations and stuff on the corner of it. Then I have a bookshelf and I have all my different human design books and I have my tea ceremony stuff and I have some different, um, my journals and different, a few different things. And then I have like a meditation, beautiful meditation space. And sometimes I'll walk in and I'll be like, I plan on doing tea and I'll meditate, but I'll look at my desk and be like, I just actually want to sit down and do legal work. Or vice versa. I came and do legal work and there's nothing more I want to do than sit on my meditation pillow. And I think having that all in here and for me, it feels really good to have these different channels of my work being in the same room of like, I don't have to put on different hats. I don't have to be a different person. That's something I'm always really stepping into. Like I want to be the same person that shows up in my sessions that shows up in my legal meetings. I might be talking about different things. I'm not oh, you know, I'm not exchanging the same information, but I I come off the same way. I don't I think for MGs it can be easy to be like, okay, I'm going to do these different things, but I'm different in each one. I put on my lawyer hat and I just talk about being a lawyer and I don't talk about the fact that I have a bunch of crystals on my desk and after this I'm going to go to kundalini practice. And in fact, it's like you get to be both. You're the same person and you get to be that person in the fullness and not have to damp any part of yourself. And I would say that Sam actually has a pretty strong sense of herself in her chart. And so if you do feel like a different person in each of these different lanes, that's okay too. Perhaps you are a wild, insane person at a concert and there's like a completely different side of you that comes out. And then in your corporate world, it feels better to like, like you might feel like there are these opposing poles and, and that's okay if, if that feels exciting for you as well. But I love the invitation, Sam, of just because they're all these different parts, don't feel like you need to hide the parts in the other things. Because again, this light bulb moment that we had on this episode, you might be the bridge between these two worlds that is needed. 
Yes. And that's so true, Nadia. I have so much defined um, identity energy in me. It's so active. So it is really important that I do really step into the fullness of who I am in that, the consistency of that. But yes, that's not true for everybody. Love it. What about sleep, Sam? So manifesting generators are similar to generators that it's correct for them to wake up with a full um, battery of energy, use it up during the day and be tired at night. You know, human design literature will say, MGs, you probably need a little more time to wind down, which is true for me. I I tend to um, not always realize how tired I am. And I think I still have energy left. And actually, if I like sat in my bed and put away the stimuli, I would realize that I'm tired. And, you know, the literature even suggests watching some TV, which is kind of interesting, or reading a book. So I think the main thing to look out for is if at the end of the night, if you are feeling really restless, if you have a lot of energy, my partner used to call it my late night set at like midnight or 1 a.m., I'd get home from work at like between 11 and midnight and I would just have this burst of energy and the lights would be off and me going to bed. I'd be cracking jokes and it was like I was it was like I was performing on a stage like I had so much energy and that's because I wasn't using it during the day. I was working all day. I had a very long, difficult day, but I wasn't really using my energy in a satisfying way. So if you're feeling restless at night consistently, take a look at how you're spending your time. I think that's beautiful. Sam, can we switch into some questions about being an MG? Let's do it. Okay. My first question is, what's your favorite thing about being a manifesting generator? Mm, MGs are so – we're fun. We're a fun bunch. I love how – different my interests are. I love telling people about what I do and people are like, I've – that that's a really interesting combo. Like I've never heard of those. How do those things fit together? And the reason I love it is because I feel like an opportunity I have is to expand people's roles of identities. That just because you have one profession doesn't mean you're one type of person. Um, That you get to be whoever you want to be and whoever feels true to you. And that can look like having all these different things and you never have to pick. You can be as wide ranging and diverse in your interests and your passions as feels true to you. Sam, if you were to choose, and I even, as I say choose, that's not the correct language for a manifesting generator, but what feel like your most prominent islands in this season of life? I feel really prominent in my connection to heart and to kind of connecting with my emotions and my heart space and what's drawing me to earth, to legal work to connecting with people like inner inquiry and and human design it's like almost like human design and inner inquiry and then they have like a bridge between them because they're part of the same thing inner inquiry I would put in like soul group our eight-week coaching program that Nadia and I um, facilitate and my coaching practice and even my earth medicine but it connects to human design but human design it's like a whole intellectual playground on its own like inner inquiry is me applying human design human design is just me like in my books one lining and studying and absorbing as much information and um my partnership and my cat and your cat dino gets his own island i love it dino gets his own <laughs> island <laughs> amazing okay cool Uh, What advice do you have for manifesting generators who have not stepped into their power yet? I would say I have two things. So the first thing is, do you know what brings you joy? 
And if you're not, if you don't know, which is really common, your job is not to just figure it out by like Googling, you know, activities. I used to do this. Google creative activities. Your job is to um, go into spaces where you feel comfortable that bring you joy. Maybe it's in your room. Maybe it's in walking down the street. Whatever is fun for you, a, a vibrant city, a nature area. And just allow yourself space to see what inspires you. Maybe you're inspired to go into a nature area and make a cool formation with rocks that you see. Maybe you're inspired to walk down, you know, the Lower East Side of Manhattan and pop into any cool store. Like just create space and see what brings you joy. If you know that, if you're like, I know things that I want to be spending my time on. The other thing I would say is um, see if you can look into what is keeping you from doing that and be really honest with yourself. Is there – is what fears are there? Is it purely I don't have enough time? Because you may not have enough time. There may not be anything, but I would say like 99% of times I've had conversations with people about it, the not having enough time is maybe 50% of it or 80% of the issue, but there's this other piece, maybe it's 95% of the issue, that there's this other piece that doesn't want to make time because they're afraid and there's a fear or there's an insecurity. And for any people who are really into human design, who know about centers, I would say look to your open centers for clues about what that fear might be. Hmm. Beautiful. I think as our final question, Sam, Sam writes these beautiful love letters to each of the energy types. And I'm curious if you can share a bit of a love note for manifesting generators through the lens of what you really believe that their role is on the planet right now. Okay. Yes. So hmm, I haven't started my MG1 yet. So I'll just riff it. You, there is so much power in being nonlinear. There's so much power in getting to follow your sparkly organic spark. When you are enthusiastic about things, you inspire everyone around you. You inspire other people to step into their own empowerment and you get to be a vibrant, creative flow of love in the universe. The more that you can lean into whatever feeds you joy, the more joy you become embodied. And you are designed and meant to do things that no one's ever done before and to inspire people to do things that no one's ever done before. So allow yourself to really step in and embody the bigness of who you're here to be and the bigness of your interests because there is so much juiciness on the other side waiting for you. Holy shit. You're going to listen back to that and literally like put that in a cross stitch on a pillow or something. <laughs> like, my God, that was, and we haven't gotten into channels yet, but Sam has this channel that connects her throat, her ability to communicate down into her uh, sacral, which is all mm -hmm. about really speaking. Oh, your G center, your 1020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Basically, she speaks from her sense of identity and she speaks from the uh, this this moment, like this now moment where it's like you can't fully plan it. But when you're fully present, it just is it's like a channel of shamanism and channeling. Thank you, Nadia. Sam, this was such a fun episode. I think that the last thing I want to ask is, is there anything else that feels present and alive for you to share with any MGs and MG allies that are listening? You know, the only thing I'll say, and I think I've said it before, is is allow life to be your mystery. You are not designed to know how your 5, 10-year, and 15-year plan is supposed to be, particularly for any Virgos out there like me. I love to plan things out. And once I learned 
that I can't know what my sacral is going to respond to. I don't know where my organic spark is going to take me. There is fear in that because it's asking you to let go of a control which you think brings you security but there's also massive empowerment in that there is more beauty in the mystery than there is in the control and the more you can just kind of loosen up the grip and allow things to flow without judgment and expectation you'll find joy in places you never thought to look yes and sam is very much embodied in that she's always like we'll see We'll see. <laughs> and I think that just to like take this analogy home or this uh, uh, what she was sharing home, Sam doesn't know if she'll be interested in human design. We both don't know if we'll be interested in human design even a year from now. Likely, yes. But who knows? We're like Sam's truly following the threads of her fascination and her aliveness right now. And we have no idea what that will turn into a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. It's okay to commit even if you don't know. Like it doesn't always have to be, okay, well, this is only worth it in the future. Some things, sure. Some things are, are you know, you probably – there are certain things you might not want to put the time and energy into, but allow yourself to really feel into like if this ended in six months, would I still feel good about how I spent my time? And the answer is yes, go for it. Yes. Manifesting Generators, we love you. You are so much fun to work with, speaking from experience. And we're so happy that you all joined us for this five-part series. For those listening who have joined us for every single episode, we're so grateful for you. And we really mean it. We want to hear from you. Sam and I are fourth lines in human design. We love community. We love deep intimacy and connecting with people. So please reach out to one of us, both of us, whatever, about what resonates, what you'd like to hear from us next. We're open to it all. And we're so grateful that you've spent however many hours listening to, to all of this information. And we hope that you can bring it into your life and spark the flame of empowerment, of authenticity, of aliveness, wherever you are, whatever energy type you are. Yes, Nadia, you're the best. Thank you all so much for being here with us. We're so grateful to be providing this um, content for you and we are so happy. So thank you so much and talk to y'all soon. Mm-hmm.